right, welcome back. It's your boy, Fat Artist, back again with another BFF. Uh, this one's kind of special. This is this is um this is a weird one because me and your your boy Jennifer, I mean Stone, <laughs> you know, have never actually met until five minutes ago. So That's wild. It's kind of nuts. I've actually never I've never done a BFF with somebody that I didn't know like for a long time. So really, so I'm the first. Like we're you're the we're first crossing. Like, you're yeah. the first like guess guess. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'll I'll consider myself a pioneer then. You are one more notch on the belt. Plant that fucking flag, bro. Like, (laughs) um, so Stony is the the head honcho over at uh, Sobros Network, uh, covering all all things Nashville. I would say honestly, Um, you are the Nashville hub for for shit that people want to know. I I think. Appreciate that, man. We work hard. Fuck yeah! And you have a oh man. So we're going we're going back to them. Them American Eagles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> them fucking, them fucking flying high A's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Anheuser Bushes. Yeah, we got the old, old Bud Light, the old Bud Light, big ass, whole face long can. You know what I'm saying? I, it, this feels like I'm drinking out of a cinder block or something. I know. God damn, I could knock somebody out with this thing. Like, and it's not good. Jesus. Can I just say that up front? You know what? You know, you do you. You say what you okay. want to say. And, it, it, you know, Bud Light, we're, you know, we're going to throw it back. You know, this is a whole thing. Anheuser-Busch, this whole this whole world of theirs is um, highly ingrained, as I've, I've showed you before the show. This iguana that, that you know, is, is Bud. Type That's life. a keepsake. This That's is a right treasure. Here. This is a treasure, honestly. Uh, I actually really love it. And it even has, like, the cabin. The cabin's not even fucked up, like. If you weren't around in the '90s for these commercials, you fucked up. Like you missed out. Like go ahead yeah. and check that out on YouTube. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, we I just learned this just now, but it's been a a thing for my family with the, the capital A, but also for yours. Mm-hmm. So why don't you introduce this blue bullet right here for me, and we'll, Man, we'll get it going. When you asked me to pick a beer that was special to me, I just kept racking my brain because i kept thinking of beers that were my favorites you know like the mm-hmm. yazoo gerst the Ooh. jackalope bear walker anything that cigar city puts out i love cigar city oh my what cronenberg oh, oh my god right you speaking my languages right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> the cronenbergs hold on hold on did you listen to, hold on hold on i feel like you're sneaking on some shit like hold on have you heard have you heard the cronenberg blanc Mm-hmm. Oh because God. of your show no way yeah really okay yeah okay i love you for this okay so we're, i saw we're gonna it. be best friends let's go and then Brittany hit me up about it and so i i watched the clip and was like or no she did the uh the drinking really cool beers thing that we posted on socials mm-hmm. but she gave you a shout out for recommending the beer to her and then i found it at ml rose out here in mount juliet and was like no way this what a small world we're just this brain or this beer was just in my brain and now here it is for me to try. I love mm-hmm. it. I like uh, shipyard pumpkin head too, but I just kept thinking like, yeah, those are my favorite, probably my favorite beers, but you say the word special and I just keep coming back to Bud Light because like you alluded to just all these memories of my family, my father, and just kind of growing up in the South where I, 
I don't know if you would agree or not, but there's almost like a culture around Budweiser and Bud Light. Like it's just a part of the fabric of society in Tennessee. You know, you, you do got a point. So uh, it, it's weird though. Like I'm not from the South. I'm a South transplant. So yeah. Um, but true. I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's different sections of the South that kind of like they fuck with different kinds of Budweiser. Like I'm like a Budweiser, Budweiser person, Bud, Bud Light yeah. person. I'm like one of these Bud flavored persons, like lime, orange, whatever the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're talking like this boy, this blue bullet. This is a, this a 4.2, 110 calorie. If you buy the 12 ounce, it's not a 12 ounce. No. Um, and there's not much shit in it, bro. Water, barley, rice, hops. That's it. That's that's it. That's it. Why mess with success? I mean, you know, they sell a million of these things every Dude, week, so all the time. And it's like, yeah. it's cra- It's it's not a beer. I'm glad you chose it, honestly, because like, it's. I love it when people choose beers that I'm like, ah, fuck that beer. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I'm like, and that's most of the time. Like most of the BFF episodes we've done, it were like. Beers I'm not going to buy, but like just for the regular, you know, like you said before, yeah. it's like if you bought a six pack of this, it was going to sit in your fridge forever. Like, yeah. Same here. Like it was and it's not going to get drank. I, I felt bad picking it. And honestly, it was Brittany that convinced me to just go for it because I told her I was like, I keep coming back to Bud Light and I feel like I don't want to I don't want to put that man through an episode on Bud Light where we got to talk about this and and drink it for a little bit. But, you know, it's just like those those memories for me of growing up in in the type of family that like you go to the cookouts and somebody asks you, do you want a beer? And you just get a Bud Light like there's no options. It's just beer. Beer equals Bud Light in this family. And, uh, you know, I think of I think of my dad. I lost my father in 2014 and up until the day he died, I think that man drank a six pack of Bud Light every day. And he was a, um, he was a painter. So he did uh, custom auto work, body, body work, stuff like that on cars. He painted signs, that sort of thing. And I can just remember those like summer days when we would be, I would be helping him at his shop and it'd be a hundred degrees outside and there's no air conditioning in the paint booth. And we're just working all day. And then at the end of the day, we're getting a six pack of Bud Light. This is like, you know, refreshment. <laughs> and he's yeah. teaching me how to, how to pitch quarters out behind the shop and that sort of thing. So uh, in, in a way, like I see this like blue branding and the Bud Light logo and everything. And I still feel that connection to my father even after all those years of him being gone. So that's why, yeah. like for me, when I say it's it's special to me, I don't think the beer's worth a shit. I think it tastes like somebody drank a real beer and then burped it into a LaCroix or something. But I'm so connected to the brand because of my father, because of my extended family that I just can't help but have those those fond memories whenever I see it. Mm-hmm. Nah, dude, I... You know, I love that. And, you know, sorry about you, dads. Appreciate that's, that. That's that's dope, though. And, and I feel like I'm going to have a very similar story. But instead of a blue can, it's going to be a red can when uh, yeah. that time comes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch represent, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's my last name's artist. I've very much thought about getting this A tattooed to me 
very much. <laughs> there you go. There you for go. For a man. long time. And shit, be slick. it might happen. You know, yeah. it'd be slick as fuck. I, I think it'd be dope. Yeah. But uh no, dude, I I completely agree. You know what? You know, we didn't do on this episode yet. Oh shit. I was, you know, I was like I was like sneaking some, you know. But oh ooh. man, see. I opened mine because you had the glass and I thought, well, shit, he's already drinking. So yeah, I got to well, catch up. You know, I saw, I, you know, on, on between us, you know what I'm saying? And the rest gotcha. of whoever's yeah. listening. Yeah. I saw a Bud Light. Uh, the fuck was it? Bud Light uh, Platinum or some shit? The Bud Light Platinum. Yeah. That's. And I was that's like, no, oh, no, no. Was it Platinum? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I was like. Oh yeah, it was. I was like, I never had this shit before. Like, mm-hmm. might as well try it. But that was what was in the can before, so in the glass before. Anyways. I've had the platinum stuff, but I honestly, man, I can't tell a difference between any of it. That's what I'm saying. Like in, in college, when I when uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, when I was in college, I was like, my whole family's like a butt heavy family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part. And when we were in college, the Bud Light, uh, fuck, what was it called? Like, it wasn't platinum, it wasn't select, it was like Bud Black or some shit. I can I see, I can you see the branding. About? I can see the branding in my head, but I can't. It was like a heavier Bud Heavy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a six or some shit. Yeah, and I was like, ah, that's my shit. And like people, people would check on me. I was, you know, I grew up in Memphis. I'm mm-hmm. from New York, but grew up in Memphis. So people would check the shit out of me. Like, what the fuck are you buying this bullshit for? You know, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, you know, you do that Memphis shit on me. So I was like, yeah. you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> I can remember talking about like a, a sort of culture shock. My fiance is from um, New Jersey. I mean, they're like 45 mm-hmm. minutes out of, out of New York City. So they're up there. And her dad came down to visit one time and we ended up at this like beer joint in Knoxville. I can't even remember the name of the place, but you walk in and it's one of those places that has like the little sawhorse on the floor with like the knob sticking out where you can go practice your damn bull roping in the middle of the bar and stuff. And I remember him like looking around and, and looking back at us and saying like, am I going to get my ass kicked if I don't order a Budweiser in this place? Yeah. It's like, no, probably that's the culture that's the culture yeah, yeah. of of budweiser yeah you're completely right bro and it's funny it's like um there's there's a couple different like subsects of this i think and we can dig into it if you want but i think just making the statement is enough but there's like you got you got your like four subsects right you got your yeah. bud heavy you got mm-hmm. your bud light you got your milwaukee's best yes right mm-hmm. and then you got your cores people Mm-hmm. Like, and they'll buy whatever Coors fucking puts out. So, but you know, most people don't realize that Coors puts out a bunch of shit that's not just Coors. Yeah. Um, also, dopest canning or dopest factory I've ever seen. Their tanks outside of their factory in, in California are the fucking Coors cans. No way. Swear to God. What a And gimmick. it's the coolest shit. That's go ahead awesome. And, yeah. Go ahead and drive down the 210 into the fucking desert and you'll see that shit. Uh, it's pretty cool. But anyways, um, <clears throat> so Sony Keeley, what is Sobro's network? Oh man, it's um, it's kind of hard to explain because I feel like 
we do so much. Um, it's almost easier for me to explain like how we make money than it is for me oh, to explain please. like the identity of, of what the brand is, but we have a website and we write content, we record podcasts, we do videos, and then, you know, we sell advertising, we sell subscriptions to premium content and we make our own t-shirts and sell like collectibles. I've got like my action figure collection that I'm listing online and, and all kinds of shit that we do. Um, I've always had a really hard time framing what we do because this whole thing was born out of my desire to just kind of create whatever the fuck I wanted to without having to listen to an editor, without having to adhere to any sort of style guideline or anything like that. If I wanted to say something, I wanted to say it and put it out in the world. So uh, mm -hmm. the byproduct of that is a website that has just a just an overwhelming variety of content. There's all kinds of stuff from, like you mentioned earlier, like the Nashville reviews, Nashville news, we're a local blog. We cover a lot of stuff going on around here. I cover Nashville sports, specifically SEC football, the Tennessee Titans. We've got a film critic. We've got Brittany that's doing some of the lifestyle stuff, the beer reviews, all sorts of stuff like that. So it's, um, I mean, we're, we're a content company. We're an internet company. Love that. Love that. So hi. Uh, all right. So let me hit you with this. This, this is pretty uh, uh, topical at the point at the, at the moment. Right. Uh, how are you feeling about that fast and furious honky tonk drift? I right know that fast and furious honky tonk drift. Yeah. I don't know. That man. Just You're going to have to clue me. That shit that just happened last the, on Sunday, yesterday. Oh, the uh, the uh, the Grand Prix. Exactly. Exactly. The honky yeah. tonk drift. You know what I'm saying? Honky tonk drift. That's man. They missed a big branding opportunity. There. Mm -hmm. That shit's gold. That's yeah. fire. Yeah. <laughs> you can man, that was, go that, for was it. <laughs> that, that was pretty wild to see though. Like we just turned it on yesterday when we got back from lunch. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are really doing like a hundred miles an hour across the, across the damn bridge over a bridge. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> bro. All right. Straight up. I don't care what the fuck you're doing and who you are. That is fucking nuts. Like, yeah, going going that fast. They I read this shit on uh, Tennessee and said it was going. They were going. They could get up to 185 miles per hour man. over a bridge, man. And the way that thing's like got an arch to it. If you, you're going up, you're going to catch wind. That's just going to send one mm -hmm. of those motherfuckers into the Cumberland. They're not That's careful. what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, these motherfuckers are going swimming for sure. <laughs> Hope they got an ejected seat. Fucking yeah. speed yeah. racer in it. <laughs> um, shit. Um, yeah, I was tripping about that. But uh, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, speaking of B, uh, we me and B worked on some stuff um, before. I don't like talking about like work, work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, like we worked yeah. on some shit before and uh we had be on some stuff. It's kind of funny. The, so stay tuned after this. Uh <laughs> this is kind of funny. But next why do I weekend, feel like you're about to say something that you're not supposed to say? Uh, Give me that vibe. You know, that's usually how it happens with me. <laughs> but um <laughs> next weekend or this upcoming weekend, I guess. Um Brittany is going to, well, she said she's going to um, record her 
Britney's brew review for the mm-hmm. rest of the year in one go. Holy shit. Yeah. So uh four of you. <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it at all. That's that's the thing. Like I don't doubt it at all. It's so it's fucking hey, sorry. If you never met Brittany, and probably none of you have, but Brittany's not a he a big human, you know. She's she's <laughs> kind of she's kind of small. So it her and but the funny thing is, Tony, I get to pick the beers. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she's, gonna, she's fucked. You know, <laughs> she's she's fucked. So um, yeah, you know, R.I.P. Brittany. Have fun with that. Um, it's been a good run. It's been a good run. Yeah, go ahead and check for her content every uh every sixth of the month. We post we post on the sixth, twelve, eighteenth, and twenty fourth. So you know, anytime you're drawing your beer, you should re- should think of us. But there it is. Mm-hmm. That's also, good to who- have that scheduled down, though, man. Like people don't like content creators don't realize how much just that sort of consistency mm-hmm. and letting people know that at this time this date there's going to be something there from us for you to consume like it builds that anticipation and that's how you kind of hook people in people know hey there's a, mm-hmm. a regular cadence to these things they can look forward to it yeah i i, I agree there and i mean it's you know that's that's all over youtube and all those everything yeah. people are always talking about you need to have a regular schedule but you know, it's just like I come from. I guess some people are. If you're not in a uh, nor like I don't know a normal job, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess you could call it. But um, I come from a background of like a creative job. So I worked in entertainment for a really long time. Right on. And um, those jobs, like it was TV shows and movies and stuff. Um, and those jobs don't really they're not regular so it's you know you work a month and a half or whatever and then you're off for like a couple weeks maybe like if you're if you're not if you're lucky you have something back to back to back to back but that is very rare um so how do you how do you get by in that situation if you don't mind me asking like do you go ahead and line get try to get something lined up when you know the end date is approaching or do you just oh yeah, you just, well, you know, the fucking foreground on this, you can ask whatever you want. Like, this is open territory for anything. Fair anything enough. you want to watch on this show, anything you want to say in this show is open ground. Like, fucking go for it. There we but, go. Um, yeah, it's um, it's weird. It's a it's a it's a weird industry. So um, I'm sure you know you're you're good friends with Brittany. So it's like, um, when I moved to Nashville. I was kind of like freaked out. Like my, my wife had a solid job and um, we moved here because of that. And I was like, I was cool with what I had done. I would, at the point mm-hmm. when we left, I was associate producing TV and I was like, I'm cool with this. Like th- everything I see above this is kind of shit. Like yeah. everyone's pretty depressed and just pissed off all the time. Like, that's not me. That's not my personality. So yeah, I was like, fuck that. That depresses me. And um, I'm cool with where I'm at. So sure. if you want to dip out, like, let's do this. And <laughs> I swear to you, not even a couple of weeks later, <laughs> she comes back to me. And she's like, 
Yo, I found a job. It's in Nashville. We leave in like a month. Um, <laughs> I was like, fuck. Okay. There you go. Get your get your bags ready. It's like sick. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, when I moved to Nashville, I was like, oh fuck, like this is this is scary. Like, I don't know like where my skill set falls. Cause like I worked like normal jobs before um well all the way i've been working since i was 15 so or 16 and like solidly you know and um so i worked up until when i was at a high school me and my homeboy adam who you know um we do a show called dropping the needle go check that out it's pretty sick we just did an episode about outcast and uh, we went to Bonnaroo in 2006. So it was only like four years old. Bonnaroo was. And Radiohead was performing. Right? Nice. They were headlining. It was, dude, fucking amazing. God damn. That sounds like a weekend right there. Oh my God, dude. We were fucking lobsters, my dude. <laughs> like, like straight up. You know, let me trip you out on this weekend. This weekend was fucked. Like straight up. Top to bottom. Um, we are right, in one week. Okay. Let me hit you with this. In one week, we went to we went to Bonnaroo with uh, my mom's car, which was a shit car. And like this shirt, this car would fucking overheat in like a second. So yeah. we had to leave in the middle of the night so this bitch wouldn't overheat in the sun. And then oh, when shit. we were in the line to get into fucking Bonnaroo, we had to turn the bitch off and like oh, wait. Oh man. And like, yeah, because that up. traffic's nuts. It's nuts, bro. And then, like, so we go to Bonnaroo and we see this whole show. Like, it's just the two of us. And we're both planning on applying to FedEx when we get back. So we couldn't do any drugs or, like, you know, get fucked up, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bummer, honestly, looking back at it. We could have probably detoxed at the time. But um, (laughs) we're 18 and we're like, fuck it, whatever. It doesn't matter. And um, we go ahead and do that. And then uh, it is... This is June 2006, okay? And we, so the weekend ends and I, I'm looking at my phone. This is like, uh, or what if, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. But anyway, uh, Warp Tour, Vans Warp Tour is <laughs> coming yeah. through Nashville yeah. a, week, a week after Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck, bro, we should go to that. Like we should go for sure. And like we should make a whole week of this shit. And uh his mom, his mom had this thing where like uh she would pay for or like they would do like a thing for like every one each one of their kids like graduation through high school. So like her his brother and his sister both went on cruises. Okay. And Adam was like, fuck that. I've been on a cruise. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to do that. And his thing was like, yo, ma, let me go to this music festival. And his mom was like, nah, fuck that. You can't go to a music festival. And he was like, all right, cool. Well, what if I what if I brought a friend? Like, you know, we tag team this thing. And she was like, all right, cool. Keep in mind, this was one week before Bonnaroo. <laughs> oh man. Oh. And 
I was like, he calls me up. Me, me and me and I have been homeboys for a long time. And he's like, hey, bro, you want to go to this shit called Bonnaroo next weekend? And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's go. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, you got to drive. And <laughs> oh, shit. we got to. <laughs> I don't got any camping shit. So we got to figure that out. I was Damn. Like, I was like, in a week, bro. Yeah, I was like, sick, bro. I got camping shit. Let's go. And I got a call. I was snagging my mom's. And um, so we ended up going. And the car lasted, whatever. And we go to the fucking Bonner room. It's amazing. We get fucking roasted. Like, you know, <laughs> you know like yeah. no one under 25 knows what sunscreen is. So we get exactly. fucking roasted. Yeah. And when we're done with it, we're like, shit, okay. Well, maybe we should kick it in Nashville because we talked to his mom and his mom was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll buy the tickets. Like, here you go for Warp Tour. Like, do that too. Right, That's that awesome. Hits us up with a hotel. I was like, dude, this is the dopest shit. Like, hell yeah. Keep in mind, his mom's paying for this whole thing. Like, That's living back in the day, right? man. Right? That's living. Bonner is not cheap, bro. <laughs> no, I've I've never been. And, oh, and that's that's why because I look at the ticket prices I'm like no I can't I can't Dude, do that I've been five times and it's it's never the, the ticket the, the hit of the ticket is never chill you know yeah but anyway we go we go to Bonner the first time and uh, then we wait in the hotel and we're waiting I think Warp Tour is like a couple days later like two days later or some shit. And so we go to this hotel and we're like, fuck, bro, we're just lobstered right now. And maybe we should go and explore Nashville or something. So we go and explore and we come back to the hotel and there's all these buses in the hotel, like in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is this? And this is when they had that auditorium out in like in between Nashville and, and uh, Franklin or no, yeah, no. Starwood. We're, Starwood. It was at Starwood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was out in the uh, Antioch area. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, all right, like we were, we were somewhere. I don't know where the fuck we were. But anyway, we're at this hotel and all these buses like packed the parking lot. We're pissed. We're like, what the fuck? Like, like there's no bargain spots anymore. Like what the fuck? And so we park eventually. We're all pissed off and stuff. Walk into the hotel and fucking Joan Jet is standing in the in the lobby. And Are you like, kidding me? Not kidding. And <laughs> she's not she's not just Joan Jet. She's standing with the whole No Effects crew, like all. Damn. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like Joan Jet is a very recognizable person. Like you, yeah, you walk in, and you're like, oh, all right. Like, you're not second guessing that, you know. No, you're like, oh, sh-. I was like, bruh. Like, I turned to my boy Adam. I'm like, bruh, is that fucking John Jet right now? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, so half of we ended up learning that half of Warp Tour was staying at the hotel we were at. <laughs> Dude, that's nuts. It was crazy. So did you actually get to like, did you get to meet Joan Jet? Did you meet anybody cool? No, because we were tripping. We were only 18. So we're like, yeah. we we're kind of nervous still. But like, we saw them around like a few times. And um, yeah. 
I feel like we rode the elevator with somebody. It was some shit like, you know, like young kid shit. You're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. But this is like in the time of flip phones. Like you couldn't take no pictures with nobody. So it was like yeah. you. I mean, we ran into somebody at the at the local mall or some shit like mm-hmm. and like said, what's up? But it was like. It was weird shit like that. It was it was, it was you know. Shit, you don't. You, you you can't post now, you know. No, no, you just that shit was like urban legends back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I, I had a mm-hmm. homeboy that goes to Rivergate Mall on Friday night and comes back to school on Monday, and he's like, "Man, I saw a young buck at Rivergate Mall," and oh, you just shit. had to take you just had to take their fucking word for it. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. way to prove it because you couldn't take pictures and stuff back in the day. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. wild. That was the thing, and like. I had some homies that from back in high school at the time, I was like, yo, you motherfuckers need to come to this hotel right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and, yeah. And they were like huge punk fans. So they're like way into like Warped Tour and they were doing some shit and they drove up that night and they were like stayed in our room on the floor. And I'm like, thinking back to it, I'm like, I would never sleep on a hotel floor. No, like, fuck that. <laughs> different but, times. Yeah, different. 2006 was a different world, bro. Like, man, I remember those days. You just, you just did what you had to do to get there. You wanted mm-hmm. to be a part of it. You know, I've slept on some, some hotel room floors using my uh, backpack as a pillow and using like pulling the curtains off the wall to use as a blanket. That sort of right. deal. You just get there. You get but there, the worst, yeah. the worst sunburn I've ever had in my life came from the Warp Tour in 2005. We went down to um, Atlanta and just imagine thinking you're tougher than the sun. But I did back then, back then, like you said, like nobody used sunscreen. Nobody knew what it was. So I was in like a a black sleeveless Avenged Sevenfold t-shirt. I used to have hair down beyond my shoulders. There you go. But I didn't wear like any a hat, a bandana, nothing. I just tucked my hair behind my ears all day. So then we get back to the hotel and my arms are just glowing. I mean, I was like fire engine red. And then because of my, my hair being tucked behind my ears, like I had this, I got out of the shower and like slicked my hair back. And I just had this triangle (laughs) of red sunburn on my forehead. And it was the worst pain i woke up we we drove down we stayed a night we went to the warp tour we stayed another night just outside of atlanta mm-hmm. and then we drove home on that that third day and i was driving home with like the really bad sunburn that like oozes a little bit oh, on dude, both arms yeah. oh so yeah. bad worst sunburn i've ever had oh, god um i know this is weird but i'm trying to send oh shit all right, this is going to work. I didn't think it was going to work, but it's going to work. I'm going to send you the picture of the sunburn I'm talking about. All right. And I have it. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And so you can comment on this in real time. Oh, shit. Texting it to you now. Okay. Your boy. Oh, came through. Holy shit. Bro, bro, those are maroon. <laughs> All right, so the picture I sent, I'm gonna show it to you. These are it. So, oh the, my god, there's maroon boxers on. That's how fucking burnout was. 
the tan line. That's where you see oh, it, man. It was nuts. It was nuts. Man, so that's painful. It was, dude. It was straight up lobster. Like, so this is the situation. Like, we went to the show, right? And um, mm-hmm. I was tripping out because I was like, "Oh shit, we get, I get to see I get to see Radiohead for free," you know? Because yeah. I didn't yeah. get to, I didn't pay for this shit. All I had to do was get here. Mm-hmm. So. Um, my whole shit was like, oh, I'm seeing this show where I want to see it. Yeah. And if you've never been to Bonnaroo, the the big stage is usually like it does this weird thing where it like clears out and then it comes back in like a bunch of people. And I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm staying in the same spot all day. Like, that's what I'm doing. And you can't lose it that way. Exactly. Well, I was wrong, but. <laughs> uh in the end but uh yeah that's what i was thinking at the time i was like you know all right if i stay right here i'm good you know mm-hmm. but adam was like no nah, fuck that i'm gonna go and see so-and-so i'm gonna go see so-and-so and i'm like no fuck that dude i'll i'll keep the spot you know and it happened that way until the lights went out on the stage and then yeah. the whole hundred thousand people or whatever fucking jumped to the front like shit bull rush bro and i was like oh fuck like it was like the north it was like a fucking slipknot show like for like two seconds you know like everyone fucking going for it and i was like oh my god like this is awful you know man i i had a buddy that was a uh a vendor at bonnaroo selling hot dogs back in the day and he used to share some stories that you just don't it's almost like you just don't you don't believe but basically just like people mm-hmm. he was like i would have completely butt ass naked dudes yeah. come up to the hot dog stand couldn't yeah. even utter a sentence to me because they were so fucked up 100% and they would just hand me like a wad of cash like five or six bucks and i would just give them a hot dog and they would go on about their way yeah it's just a it's a wild thing man yeah Yeah. no it's definitely you know what i'm gonna back your boys shit up like that is it is a an experience and uh i feel bad for kids now like well it's specifically this last year or whatever Mm -hmm. you know bonner was happening in august this year so but i don't think I, the the projection I'm seeing, I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on in the music industry right now. I mean, people mm-hmm. are just kind of on standby, you know. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'll tell you about it after the show. But like, the where I work, um, uh. The social aspect of the world right now is very. Don't get in trouble now. Don't get I in know, trouble. Right? I know, right? It's very uh, much in the mix of conversation. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I saw Wild Blues this last pe- like couple weekends ago, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that shit ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was some wild shit seeing the uh the photos and the videos on social media that weekend that's crazy please please tell me you watched limp biscuit on i saw the clips but i didn't i didn't watch it no <laughs> i just saw the photos and i was like i guess that's a i guess that's a thing that's happening now i don't 
fucking no whatever oh, no dude the nostalgia running back to me on that one was mm. like oh my god like i was like tempted to text like homies i haven't talked to in like 10 years i was like i'm <laughs> just like, let them know yo you see this shit yeah like, but i didn't do it but <laughs> man i this conversation is making me think that i missed out on a lot of stuff by never never going to bonnaroo but now i feel like you know i'm i'm 35 years old yeah that shit it feels like has passed me by like i don't want to go stand out in a field shoulder to shoulder i've never really been comfortable at shows to be honest with you because i'm mm-hmm. i'm 6'2 280 pounds like i have a hard time working my way through crowds you, you think you think you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah <laughs> like i was you know, i was don't, always don't, don't be dude. ashamed of that thing you know what i'm saying don't be ashamed was, of that i was always the dude that would get to the show early and just find the back wall and just stand with my back to the wall for you the entire what? time it's so like I can't. Not, I'm not doing Bonnaroo with all that. Dude, you're not tripping. You know, maybe you missed out, but like Bonnaroo before 2010 was mm-hmm. like a different thing than what it is now. Oh like, really? Oh yeah. Like they extended uh, their ticket range after that time, and yeah. so there was way more people than should be in that Oof. space. Yeah, um, I don't know about all that. In that. And before 2010, it was like a, it was like tolerable, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was still gnarly. Like you're still shoulder to shoulder, but like if you stood in the back, you know, you could still, you know, you know, smoke your J's, drink your beers or whatever and have a good time, like on a blanket or whatever. But like past that, it was, it was a different game, dude. Like you, you're, you're good. And okay. If you ever want to do that shit, do it VIP, like straight up. Like, don't fuck around with that GA shit. Man, could you imagine our <clears throat> younger selves back in 2006 hearing us talking about, yeah, if you do it, do the VIP shit. Like, no. yeah, we're fucking sleeping on hotel room floors just to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, my, my whole, my whole opinion on, I, I, we did an episode recently, uh, about i don't know when actually we did it but um me and my wife my wife used to work for a business management firm in Mm -hmm. la when when she she went to grad school and then i was in la for a year we did like a year apart uh, but we're we're still together but um long distance i guess you you would say yeah sure and uh, uh she went to grad school and then came out to LA. So, and when she got out there, she did a job and then she got this business management firm job. So the business management firm, there are two branches, I guess you would say. Um, they've yeah. been bought since now. Like they're, they, the two main dudes retired kind of, but their main aspects were, um actors and musicians so mm-hmm. there were like two dudes right and one of them was just like musicians and one of them was actors right and she worked on the like the musician side of the firm and we got a taste of what that means like <laughs> during that whole time period like we got uh, a chance to go 
um, so one of her clients was the dude, one of their clients was the dude that uh, is the head of Golden Voice. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Golden Voice is the company that does Coachella, you know? Mm -hmm. And for like one of their things, we, um, he give like a, a stack of tickets to the firm like to give to all the employees and like their friends and family or whatever. And it wasn't just like, you know, like GA tickets. It was artist passes. Man. So yeah, it was, that's fucked. pretty rad. It was fucking nuts. <laughs> and I'll tell you about it. Like on a different, on some different shit, but like <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> the shit we got to see it. It's weird. It's like, all right, so let me differentiate like between artist passes and VIP. So and GA. So GA is some shit that you can just buy on the internet. VIP you yeah. can buy on the internet, you know. But artist passes are um passes to uh, a whole different entrance to the festival. They are a festival, they're the entrance to where the musicians enter to do the festival right so, so basically own access yeah it's your home own thing and um and the only way to get those is to one be a person performing or one of their guests right mm -hmm. or um you get these you know these weird offshoots like what my wife had like you know somebody repping this company the, like these bands or whatever yeah so it's weird like you walk in with like motherfuckers you never never see you know in real life like and it's like an odd scene you know like being a normal person walking into that zone it it is man and i've i've been in your shoes before with that um mm -hmm kind of like you uh, you know i might talk to you a little more about this when we're not recording mm -hmm. but uh being in that situation before it's always i've always felt like holy shit i don't belong here what am i doing yeah here? yeah it's a weird it's a weird dynamic yeah you feel like you're in a different bracket you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i feel like you mm -hmm. I feel like you know and it's like yeah. you feel all right so all right let's put it in perspective um you feel like you might be in like the Bud Light version of life, but <laughs> but you're walking into you're walking into this, you know, 10% craft beer bullshit that's released once a year type of shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that is like some it's we it's a weird zone. Like you're walking in with like the fucking camelback and motherfuckers mm -hmm. are walking in with white suits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's, like that's the whole dynamic mm -hmm. and you're like all right i don't fit here uh i'm worried about my hydration these motherfuckers <laughs> are worried about their their style you know what I'm saying? yeah <laughs> i'm i'm closer to like a bud light kind of guy than i am like yeah. once a year craft release guy yeah i mean you gotta keep it grounded you know what i'm saying but uh yeah no that was that we'll talk more about that later but is it's it's that was yeah. that was you know, one of those things, you know, like back in that time where you're like, all right, this isn't normal. You know, yeah. this isn't 
this no people don't get to do this shit like that's the way to do it though (laughs) true true it's definitely it's a good story (laughs) to tell that's all i can say about it but like it was definitely weird and i got i got a couple stories from that i could blast on you but like uh, i think i've said them before so fuck it but um I kind of want to, I want to know, so you said a little bit about Sobros earlier, but like, I don't know, like, why, why, why did you start Sobros? Like, you're the dude, you're the fucking guy. Man, I um, rewind it back to, you know, senior year of high school, you're, you're 17, 18 years old, and uh, society is telling you you've got to go to college and get a degree and figure out what the fuck you want to do with your life. And I wasn't ready for that, man. So I went to college, I got a degree in psychology, and then I was out for maybe two years and I realized I don't want to do any of this stuff. Like I, I have always kind of had an entrepreneurial kind of spirit. At one point in my life, I thought, I would take over my dad's shop whenever he was gone, but man, that's a hard life fucking working on cars in the, in the summer heat in Tennessee. And it never, it never really worked out. I never had the talent that he had. So I couldn't have carried on the the family name. And I, I wanted to go to grad school at one point to become a, a counselor. I was going to be a guidance counselor. Um, I thought about getting an advanced degree and becoming a professor if I could, but, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take on a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt at, um, what shit I graduated in 08. So I would have been, I don't remember. I've had too much Bud Light to remember how to do math, but (laughs) you know, I was, I was a young man. I didn't at a, at a younger age, I didn't want to take on all this debt. Yeah. And so after, after a few years of just kind of toiling around aimlessly, like figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, I kind of realized, Hey, I've always liked creating stories and I've always enjoyed writing. So I got into it and having no experience, no credentials, no journalism degree or anything. Yeah. I just had to kind of find an Avenue where I could just jump in and give it a shot. So I created a blog and a couple of people read it. They liked Mm -hmm. it. They brought me on. I wrote for a few different websites early on in my writing career, and I just wasn't really fulfilled by it. And it was more, I felt like I was writing to hit a quota. I wasn't really writing to express that creative freedom that I had within me. So Mm -hmm. eventually, man, I just, I just went all in and said, I want to I want to try and give this a shot. I want to try and do it my way by my rules. I don't want to please anybody else. And I wanted to create something that could be a community for creators to come express themselves without having to worry about um, the, the limitations that most websites and most professional journalism organizations put on people. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really it. And uh, I've been critical of, university and kind of putting that pressure on young people at such an early, early age to, to figure out the rest of their fucking life. Because for me, it did come later before the light bulb went off. And I I found the thing that I feel like I was born to do. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of the light bulb moment for me. It was just realizing I had this within me. It, um, 
made me feel satisfied. It made me feel good to put something out into the world as it was phrased to me once by a, a close, close personal friend uh, that actually helped me build Sobro's network it was just like, man, you're, you're taking the time to work on stuff and you're putting it out into the world. And if, if even one person reads it and um, learns from it or laughs at it, or is just generally entertained by it, that's a pretty cool thing. And that's kind of the spirit of how this whole thing started. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to go back way back in the history of to see what the fuck this is all about. But like, uh, I feel like we kind of, that kind of happened with us too. Like, um, so it was 2007 or eight. And mm-hmm. I was talking about, all right, so podcasts, okay, um, yeah. had just launched. They were a thing. <laughs> and um, people didn't know what podcasts were back then, no. just so everyone no. knows. And um, they were mostly like weird video clips. It was kind of like, kind of like, not Snapchat, but like, uh, what the fuck? What was that fucking app that died? Vine. It was kind of like Vine. Vine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it started, it was like little clips of shit. And uh, I was like, yo, to my boy, I was like, yo, we need to start like a uh, a podcast about like skateboarding. And I was like, we need like m- me and, you know, the, the homies. I was like, yo, we all love skating. We skate every day. We should talk about what the fuck's happening in skateboarding. And yeah, it never happened. So like. I don't know why. Maybe I was I was too much of a bitch to do it, but like uh it came about um I started uh we were in school and I was like telling my boy Drew, I was like, yo, well, we kind of got grouped up. It was kind of weird. We um the only reason I know Drew, my my partner and basically in quick sister, yeah. is um because <laughs> is because we both took off at the same time. We said we were going to be <laughs> away during our like I don't know what year it was, but we we're like, hey, we have this project due. We're gonna be we're gonna be away at this time. Like, can we get an extension? The pr- <laughs> this is kind of fucking meta, bro. Like I, I don't think I've said this before, but like, um, it was because of Bonnaroo. We were both gonna be at Bonnaroo. <laughs> yeah. And and so um basically me and Drew got paired up in this like um video project thing with this other dude that didn't volunteer for any other of the groups, like me, him, and Thomas, this this other guy. Sure. And uh Thomas works with uh homie Olin Rogers, who does fucking uh Lots of shit, but uh, go and check out that dude. You know, you know who he is. But anyway, okay, okay. Uh, what the fuck is his show? Let me shout out my dude's show. Uh, hold on, get it in. I know, I should, right? Only I'm fucking up. Like, anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, final space. You know the show on CBS. 
I, it sounds familiar. It's ringing a bell. Like I okay, probably scrolled through. Yeah, it's an animated show. Um, before that, my, my homie went to uh, or did this shit called Balloon Shop. Was like early YouTube shit. Mm-hmm. Kind of launched his career basically. So it was kind of like this weird. Um, I don't know. Like we were in school and we were in this one class. It was like me, Drew. Olin, Thomas, all these other dudes, or other people, right? And Olin was like basically famous at the time, like from fucking early YouTube shit. And we're like, yeah, this is weird. And, that wave uh, was wild too, man. They made, wild as fuck, made people right? millionaires catching yeah. that first wave of YouTube shit. And yeah, so this dude, um, you know, shout out to him, but like he went to the same high school as my wife so it was kind of like it was really weird and then the same year and shit like weird but anyway we're in school together and we take off for this thing so we all get grouped together for this thing Mm -hmm. and just so happens like me and drew become friends or whatever and then um later on in the line i moved to la in 2011 Okay. And 2000, maybe 12. I don't know. Some shit. Drew was editing some like fucking documentary or some bullshit for some like some deep Mississippi motherfucker. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I'm going to move to LA for like six, no, no, like a month. Mm-hmm. And like, can I stay with you? Uh, I need to learn where to live. And um also some blah 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 i was like yeah sick and so he does that and then we he moves out to la like the two months later and after that he was like he's like bro you keep talking about this fucking podcast (laughs) he's like you keep talking about it like shut the fuck up like oh my god it's so annoying like I was like, man, fuck you. We're going to do this shit. It's going to be dope. <laughs> yeah. And he, he keeps talking shit. He keeps talking shit. And then we've gone and skated one day. And he comes where uh, we said this like weird, like ritual where we go and skate. And then we like get like uh, chicken wings above uh, B does like right afterwards. There you go. And, Protein. Right. I was like, all right, sick. And we usually grab a couple of beers or whatever. Mm hmm. And uh, <clears throat> this one time, he's like, you know what? You need to shut the fuck up. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, all right, bro. I'm going to put you on blast right now. Here we go. And hits record at the B-dubs. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. In fucking mid, mid-order. of Like, in the fucking, the person that was taking our order was like the, at yeah. the table. I was yeah. like, fuck. Okay. And, <laughs> and it's funny. Like I've I've heard the recording, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's um it's a weird thing. Like, I don't know if this happened to you, but like you kind of go from like just fucking around, but like in that recording, you can like audibly hear me turn on. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm on. And yeah. then like when the recording starts, when he says like, when he calls me on my bullshit, 
like it happens. And that was 2015 or 2014, maybe. Man, I I remember a similar thing happened to me. You know, it was like finally deciding to take that leap and then hitting record. I still have the um the first Sobros podcast we ever did back in 2013. I've got it saved somewhere on my MacBook. I I don't I haven't listened to it in quite a while, but I remember mm-hmm. playing it back and like you can hear my voice shaking a little bit when I started. Me too. And yeah. then five minutes in, you start talking about what you what you pressed record to talk about. And it was like that just flipping yeah. a switch and, and all of a sudden you're in on it. Yeah. I remember uh, so th- let me talk about this with you. Um so the first so we we did that, right? And like mm-hmm. Uh, soon after that, I moved apartments, but then like we mm-hmm. officially started the show, right? And I remember getting so fucking nervous. Like that was yeah. like a pre-record. Like, all right, this is just a tester. This isn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Like I remember the first time we actually recorded. Recorded. I was hella nervous. I was like, all right, like what are we gonna do? We need to write topics. Like, we need to like have a structure. Yeah. yeah. And like, I got so fucking nervous. I was like, all right, like, I need some liquid courage. Like, let me get after these these Stellas. Like, we I think we bought like a twelve pack <laughs> of Stellas or something. Yeah. And I was like, let me crush a couple of these and let like then we'll go. And yeah. Um, I'm a much like bigger guy than Drew, so it was it was like, um, wasn't a thing for me, but like. Uh, I know I got crazy nervous like before because I was like I I don't know I don't know about you but like I know you take it serious but like I was like I don't I don't like put my name on shit that's like jank you know what I'm saying yeah well and and ultimately I mean your responsibility is still to create something entertaining for people to listen to and you know if you take that responsibility seriously then I think it does kind of create those butterflies. Like I I still get them sometimes when I've got a big show coming up um, Mm -hmm. that I'll, I'll prepare for and I'll have pages of notes to go through and I'll still get those kind of butterflies. Like, man, I just want to make sure that I can do this so that we create something cool that people are going to like on the other side of it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what it is for me. And I, I still, uh, especially early on, well, I shouldn't say that early on, I was more or less just dicking around with friends and it made it a little bit easier to have a few beers, loosen up a bit and then just press record. Uh, I've had to delete several of those podcasts (laughs) from back in the day because we got a little bit too loose. Um, and it's a different world in 2021 than it was in 2013, but you know, that was a, that was a different kind of vibe. And then as you see things kind of take off a little bit and you start getting more listeners and bigger opportunities present themselves to you, I think for me anyway, I still got those butterflies a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, it happens. It definitely happens for us. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm generally a pretty loose guy. Like, you know, yeah. But, well, uh, that helps too. That helps yeah. having that sort of demeanor about you. 
uh, it kind of lends itself to a more natural conversational tone. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, you're a pretty easy guy to talk to. So yeah, I, I think that, that's, that's a skill <laughs> that helps you tremendously. So hopefully, that. hopefully that kills the butterflies a little bit, but I know that's not, uh, that's not always the case. It's easier said than done. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> it'll kill the butterflies for sure. Like, especially if you have some, like, you know, some random people that you've, you never met before, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah, like my boy Drew's brought on some people that, we've i've never met before like uh uh well i'm about to i'm about to name drop some motherfuckers for you <laughs> let's hear it um hmm. i bet oh, oh yeah um so um we had on um back uh, year ago uh, man it's crazy but um we had back on uh about a year ago the bigfoot collectors club oh, which shit. do you know who they are i've heard of them yeah oh, shit. They're okay linked linked in um the bigfoot subreddit which i don't know if i should be ashamed to admit <laughs> I, I lurk on sometimes or not but yeah love it love it so my boy drew um is friends with those dudes and like um michael mckillen and or mcmillan sorry and bryce johnson like mm-hmm. bryce wasn't on the show but uh michael was and uh he was on i think it was an episode of happy hour yeah that makes sense and um it was kind of nuts like i was like tripping like i saw yeah. michael on motherfucking uh true blood back in the day and i was yeah. like oh shit like this is my, this is this dude like i'm talking to this dude yeah also i mean his his fucking uh character was terrible like terrible character but like <laughs> so you're like but, how do we address that <laughs> yeah well like I, I didn't address it at the time i was like oh okay cool like i'm i'm, I'm down with stay that stay away from it yeah 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 and um but i, I got to shout out my other homie on there though um riley bray riley was the dude that got us like in the mix like he's the one who produces the show yeah and um we would have had all three of the homies on but we didn't and that was like it was one of the situations like what, what you're saying is like you don't know people and then like you drop into yeah. the, the the you know the conversation like what do you do to break the ice like I don't, it's it's kind of weird like before this show me and you had like a five minute conversation yeah we've never met i've never met mm-hmm. these dudes like it was like i don't know i appreciate you saying like it's you know i i don't know i feel like i've always my, i might have been always been like one of these people you can easily talk to like i sure. feel like in middle school and shit like people would tell me shit that they probably shouldn't have yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of carried for has always carried it, honestly. Like, yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things I'm like, uh, as you get older, you're like, uh, well, does this shit actually matter what they said? Like, fuck, I don't know. But uh, shout out to Bigfoot Collectors Club. Like, they're, they're pretty cool. I think the, um, 
the most nervous I've ever been recording a podcast. I think of three things right off the top of my head. Well, mm-hmm. one's not, not really a podcast. I got, I got approved to, uh, I got approved by the NFL to cover the Super Bowl this year. Oh shit. Really? And so the I got in, one? uh, the one back in February, Last the one. Bucks chiefs. Yeah. Brady. Okay. And, um, they let me into all the virtual press conferences and everything. And I was like, man, I can't, I can't do this and not at least try and get my name in somewhere and ask a question. So the chiefs had uh Traverius ward at the podium answering questions. And I just hit the little button to raise my hand and zoom. And sure enough, they called on me. And for a split second, I just fucking froze. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe Dude. this. And then I was sitting the whole time he was talking, I was sitting there rehearsing my question just in case something like that happened. And I was able to get it out, but I still listen back to the video and I'm like, you know, at this point, I've been doing this for almost eight years. And that was one thing that still kind of shocked me is like, I'm, I'm here on this stage kind of deal. The other being, I I had a guy um, that covered indie wrestling for me for, for quite a while. And we did a podcast interviewing local indie wrestlers and there's a wrestler uh, by the name of Nick Iggy out of Knoxville. Super nice guy, really, really fun guy to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't know him that well, but my guy did. So he was set to interview this guy and we get together and get all the podcast equipment going and we can't get a connection with all three of us on the same line. So ultimately he looks at me and he's like, you're going to have to do the interview or we're going to lose it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. And I had no preparation whatsoever. No notes, nothing. I was, I was set to just produce, you know, write down Mm -hmm. timestamps. If somebody slips up and I need to edit it out and, you know, get the commercial breaks in that sort of thing. And all of a sudden I was just kind of thrust into it. And that did make me kind of nervous, but luckily, man, wrestlers are so used to being in front of the camera and being on a microphone that it was Mm -hmm. just easy as pie. And we, we knocked that episode out and it ended up being one of the favorite podcasts I've ever done. Oh, so yeah. And that, and then interviewing, um, Dennis Kelly, who played for the Tennessee Titans right tackle from, I think 2016 through 2020, He's now with the Green Bay Packers, but he hopped on the podcast once. And I was like, man, this is it's just one of those moments where you're like, it's crazy to think back when I was recording for like 10 people. And now I'm interviewing NFL players. So those butterflies still come. But, you know, it's like I I coach the team as best as I can to Mm -hmm. trust in yourself. And like you're you're in this spot for a reason. You've done it for as long as you have for a reason. It's like mm-hmm. our, um, our film critic, Brandon, we were doing a, um, we had a table set up at a wrestling show one day selling action figures and t-shirts and all kinds of shit and mm-hmm. taking pictures and just writing about the tournament, that sort of thing. But it was going on at the same time as the Nashville film festival. And he had had a couple of people reach out about doing interviews on Sobro's network. And I told him like, let's do it. That's, that's always our, our spirit is just like, let's do whatever we can to make cool shit. So we will figure out how to make it happen. And we actually took an interview with somebody the same day as this tournament that we're set up at. So the two of us in the middle of this wrestling tournament, I leave the, the booth to one of the other Sobros contributors 
and they're manning the merch and we go out to my car and we're just sitting in the hot sun you know locked car you know somebody was about to bust the window on us to to get us out and save us <laughs> but we're in there with our phone and we're just looking at each other like can you believe we're we're doing this and we were both kind of sweating bullets about it but i just said hey just trust that your voice through all the the practice the years of doing it it's going to carry you and it's going to kick in yeah. naturally and then the uh, the director no showed the interview so we didn't even have to worry about it at all <laughs> just uh mm-hmm. illustrating a point there that if you do get that level of comfort with yourself and if you are that sort of natural interviewer and if it's easy for people to mm-hmm. talk to you that can carry you and i think that helps those butterflies in situations like that yeah 100 percent. hey can you hold on one sec yep all right cool all right, resume recording yeah let's talk sorry i had to stop <laughs> Fucking that's, that's all his, good man his tall cans killing me i was like i think i can hold it for the rest of the episode not not a, not a good call <laughs> You know, better off not pissing yourself at the seat. You know what I'm saying? I hear you, man. That's good. Good rule um, to live by. <laughs> Back in the early days of Quick Sixer, we used to like Drew. Well, both of us actually would be like, "Oh fuck!" All right. So early days of this particular, you know, shit. Uh, we call it the Quick Sixer Collective now because we have multiple branches, but with with Brittany on board and with adam on board but um in different shows and stuff but we used to do this thing where um quick six are meant um six beers six topics so oh, shit. okay yeah that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> in theory that's cool but <laughs> if you're trying to record an hour-long podcast where you both drink six beers and well, you try to do a coherent podcast yeah it's a pretty yeah. rough go and I've been uh, there been there before with um well maybe not a, a six pack of beer but we've definitely killed a bottle of whiskey between like two or three of us before on a show Ooh, that might and be by heavier. the end luckily i i had the wherewithal to be like yo we are just straight up slurring our words not even making yeah. sense saying yeah. terrible things about people we know we just need to get off. We need just need to get out. And some of those podcasts never saw the light of day. Yeah. We've only done uh one show. We used to do shows with like guests and shit, like uh in person or obviously back in the day. But yeah. um we did this we did one show uh where we did a uh, 0.5 episode so it was like a, a okay. solid episode and then we were like fuck it let's record again we're having fun <laughs> that that episode has never been listened to by anyone besides me and drew and it was it's rough <laughs> have you ever have you ever just like turned on the mics not even planning to record just like hey these are here. You're hanging out with people. You're having a good time. And you're like, let's just turn these on and see what happens. Yeah. 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 So the first time we recorded an episode of that B dubs, that was what happened. And for what we thought was going to be our finale for this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so was, I think season we, we did back in the day, me and Drew did seasons because 
um we did like a season one where yeah. and then we did a season two season two was way more uh ambitious i would say um we had we had uh sponsors like actual like beer sponsors we also went on a brewery tour which we went and oh we damn were, yeah it was sick it was just dude the fucking it was the shit i'm gonna be honest with it it was the shit um we were both living in la and we got to go and record live in person in breweries with the brewers oh shit that's awesome that's it was cool. fucking it was the dopest shit and we did that with like i think like five or six breweries it was it was fucking awesome um you know shout out to mcleod they were our first people that let us do it um they're the dopest people ever um um jen and alistair they're the dopest um but anyway we got to do that and then uh we started getting more sponsors and more whatever and that was that was pretty cool but then at the end we got um and there's drew's talked about it a bunch of times but like we we got this sponsor with um lagunitas okay and uh lagunitas is the dopest fucking company ever like go and support them please like go i enjoy their ipa i enjoy their ipa it is a it's a standout ipa if, Mm -hmm. if i have to say anything but um go support lagunitas they're the they're the shit they're they're doing the right shit anyway um we had this sponsor with them and they hit us up and they were like hey like we're not going to send you shit, but you can go to our distributor and we have an order for you ready. And we're like, all right, rad. So I go down there and a forklift lifts a cases of beer into my oh, trunk. It's not kidding. <laughs> like a forklift. Yeah. And uh, I was so excited about it uh, <laughs> that I ran a red light in L.A. <laughs> And I get a five hundred dollar ticket for it, so it paid oh, for the fucking yeah. Red lights in LA are no shit. Like, don't fucking do that. I've, but anyway, I've heard. Yeah, I was tripping though, but I was so excited. And the picture they sent me, and then they send you a picture of you running the red light. Mm-hmm. My fucking smile was ear to ear, and because I'm so excited, <laughs> and I'm talking to Drew on the phone as I fucking ran it. Yeah, so he he's he he trips out on it, but um. We had this whole big blowout bash for, I think it was episode twenty-five, season season two. Uh, the apartment I was living in, you could rent out like, uh, they had these like rooftop cabana type of deals, like you okay. could rent out like a barbecue okay. type of thing. Yeah, and uh, you could rent them out like you like, hey, I'm reserving this for this amount of time. And so we had this like a. I was moving, so we had this like abundance of beer, and I was like, "Fuck, like I can't." I I would love to take this, like no shit, but I can't drink all this beer. Like, let's invite the homies over and let's have an episode, kill it, and yeah, well, we tried, we tried, but good um, old fashioned beer purge, bro. We so we went. There was a Target across the street, like literally across the street, and 
we live in this uh, street, uh, Colorado Boulevard, which is the street that they do the Rose Parade on. Okay. Okay. Super cool. And on the corner across the street was a Target. And me and Drew were like, fuck, how are we going to make all this beer cold? Like we have cases and cases. (laughs) Like I'm not fucking kidding you. They gave us so much beer. Like I think it was 144 bottles of beer. Holy fuck. Yeah. And I was like, I just, that's why I was so happy. You know, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's a score. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to all of them. They're they're the greatest people. But uh, we ended up, me and Joe were like, you know what? A fucking light bulb. Let's buy a kiddie pool. And so we buy (laughs) a kiddie pool and across the street at Target and then fill it with ice. Man. And put all the beer in there. Yeah. Have all the homies over. So our last episode, which we thought was going to be the last episode of all of Quick Sixer, mm-hmm. was four hours long, and <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and uh, it was we had all these people over at the fucking yeah. thing, and you know in LA you can you know smoke weed, you can drink beers or whatever, you, mm-hmm. you do whatever you want. Yeah. But, so that was all happening. Uh, in this oh, four hour stream of consciousness you can watch on youtube right now if you want to. i was i was about to say is it still up there it's still up nice. part one through ten and it, it, you know back in the day you had to cut youtube yeah into, into bits so it's like yeah it's literally part one through whatever and that's amazing it's that's fucked. amazing it's like four and a half hours long for real Shit. go check that out if you want to get your popcorn ready yeah for real it's it's crazy i'm probably blackout drunk like three hours out <laughs> in, like easily yeah but yeah. speaking of um blackout drunk and you just mentioned titan stadium yeah um i read word for word your garth books experience recently dude it was so bad i really really want to hear the stadium packed fucking lightning storm stony keely experience of a garth books concert before we sign off for this man it it was crazy i um i didn't even want to go to the show to begin with and then we got there we had to kind of wrestle our way into the stadium and i was kind of feeling uneasy about everything to begin with because you know, at the time we had decided to go to this show, it was like, well, things are getting better. You know, they're telling mm-hmm. us, you know, you're vaccinated. Don't wear your mask, that sort of thing. And then the week of the show, it was all this Delta stuff started really bubbling back up again. So I'm like walking by people like, stay the fuck away from me. Don't <laughs> touch me, that sort of thing. And it was a journey just to get to our seats. But when we finally yeah. do, we're watching the Grand Ole Opry at Nissan Stadium, which is pretty cool. It was like That's Chris cool. Young and then Emmy Lou Harris and Trisha Yearwood came out and sang with Emmy Lou Harris. And the whole time, I'm sitting there looking off in, in the distance. I'm like, man, that's um, there's some dark clouds over there. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> nothing's, you know, nobody's saying anything about this. And, you know, a stadium yeah. full of people, I'm looking over like, am I, am I the only one that notices there's some lightning <laughs> off in the distance? So sure enough, man, we get the warning and then, um, 
they just cram us all into the concourse. And at that point I just accepted. I'm like, I'm going to have to clear the next two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to see if I can get my last will and Testament done just in case. Um, It was, it was bad and it was hot. And there were people there that were luckily for whatever reason, like I I had kind of big crowd like that. I wasn't sure how the evening was going to go. Not saying mm-hmm. I was prepared to get in a fist fight if I had to, but mm-hmm. I wanted to sit, I wanted to stay kind of sound in mind. So I, I had only had like one or two beers at that point. And it's a good thing I did because man, there were some really drunk people that were dropping like flies. <laughs> when we were packed into that concourse. I felt so bad for those EMTs. And uh, so they finally, like they turned us loose in this lightning storm and we had made the decision to, uh, drive to Midtown because we didn't want to pay for the parking at the stadium and lift over to Nissan Stadium. So now all of a sudden, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's dark outside in a lightning storm. And we're just walking around the stadium like, what the fuck? We can't get a lift. We can't get an Uber oh because the apps were all jammed. Yeah. We um, get around to the end of the stadium and then the bottom just falls out again. And it's just pouring down rain. And we, we took cover under some metal stairs that they had installed for the, uh, the Music City Grand Prix that was right there. It was the only place we could get out of the rain. And I'm like, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. I came down to this Garth Brooks show at Nissan Stadium to die. And um, all in all, man, we were on our feet for, gosh, we got to our seats probably around 7.30 and we're back up around 8.00 and on our feet until about midnight we had finally decided we're hunkered down under these stairs and we're just soaking wet and we're like we've we've just got to go for it we've either got and i kept saying i kept saying let's just fucking walk to midtown because no uber driver is going to let us in their vehicle soaking wet so that changed to well let's just make it across the bridge And then we can get under the bridge, dry off a little bit. And by then we'll be good to get in somebody's Uber. Didn't happen, man. You couldn't, you couldn't get a ride anywhere downtown that night. And we finally lucked out and got in some dude's Uber. And it was, it was $67 from second Avenue to Midtown, like not even two miles up the road and it was 70 bucks. So I was so, I was so pissed and I felt bad because we did not, we did not dry off. We were so soaking wet. I I felt so bad getting in that dude's car because when I got out, I didn't, I couldn't even look at him. I couldn't even look at him when I got out of the car, I just got out, shut the door and just took off around the block. And we finally made it back to the car around, it was around 1230 in the morning. So all in all, probably, I think we were we were shuffling around for about five hours stranded and I was, I was just miserable, man. It was fucking crazy. It was fucking crazy. Oh shit. Some old yeah. dude came up to me and asked me to show him my titties. I love that. I was like, I can't, my fiance's here. She'll get mad at me. <laughs> and he just looked at me and gave me the, okay. Like that's an acceptable answer. Yeah. I mean, it is acceptable, I guess, but like probably should have done it. Um, no, I Just read the whole scene. Yeah. Go ahead and check out Subway's network for uh Twitter for the fucking full story of that. I read the whole thing. I was tripping 
like literally laughing like I just did at the fucking article. <laughs> that's the um, only that's the only good thing that came out of it. By the time we got home, I I just I collapsed into my recliner and I was just thinking like I've got to write about this. That's the only good yeah. thing that can come out of all this. Yeah, I mean that's anyway. Any, you know, any any uh triumph or tragedy like that's basically the only thing that happens like you get to talk about it or write about yeah. it yeah yeah but i was tripping when you like i know uh, so Brittany, who does you know brews and reviews uh for us does was telling us like she tried to go and i was like getting <laughs> stupid like i was Man. like at home and like this shit was the whole sky was lighting up i was like fuck that I didn't even yeah. know there was a show that night. And then she was like, yo, I tried to go to the show last night. He was crazy. There was yeah. like an 18% chance of rain that day. Yeah. And it was so we're like, blown. yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Full blown. This shit looked like 4th of July in this bitch. Like it, was, <laughs> it, it was lightning every four seconds. Yeah. I was tripping. I was like, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, me and my wife were sitting at home and like, Oh shit! This is this is a crazy lightning storm. Like, I don't know. People in the south are weird about lightning storms too. Like, they'll they'll go out on their porch and shit and watch them. Like, I'm, film like, it. Yeah. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you yeah, guys are crazy. No, man. I there were times um, we were packed into the concourse and it would lightning like right above us and make this loud crashing noise and people would just gasp and scream. And I'm like, damn, this is like a fucking war zone right now. Yeah. Getting kind of nervous about all that. Yeah. I in your article you said uh what do you call it an article? Uh I don't remember. Op-ed, I think it was maybe my uh my first hand account of uh Nissan Stadium that okay. Saturday night. Okay. Well in the, in it you said uh you you recollected your experience about running across a pedestrian bridge. Yeah. Which in Nashville, if you've never been to Nashville, the pedestrian bridge is a fucking steel bridge that goes yeah, across yeah. the Cumberland River. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're hiding under metal stairs, and then we make a run for it across a giant metal bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, bro, this, if there's if you motherfuckers were lemmings, like you you bitches would be dead. Like you just straight up like this. I would thought not for work. sure. I was like, man, this is, this is it. If this is how I die, what a fucking story. When I was reading it, I was like, you said, I think you said those exact words like twice in the thing. Yeah. I'm like, this man accepted this shit. Like, like, I'm going to die. It was weird, man, because I, um, I definitely made light of it in the story, but there, there was a part of me that like, survivalist starts kicking in where you're like i we just got to figure out how to get to fucking safety right now because this shit is not this is not safe for sure um that has happened to me a couple times in my life unfortunately um one time dude brett this all right i'm gonna hit you with this quick story um before we go there's this one time i was working on fuck was it uh yeah okay okay it was america's next top model season 21 okay Okay. and uh i was on 
the morning crew. Okay. And uh, we were up at this house, like towards like those later seasons, they, they stopped doing like two seasons a year. So we focus on one season and we were in this house that happened to be in the Hollywood Hills that overlooked the, the Valley. So, okay. You, yeah. there's a mountain range in between Hollywood and the Valley. So, mm-hmm. uh, Valley, uh, I guess for people who would know like clueless, that's the Valley. Okay. The Valley the movie. Girls. Yes. Valley girls. Yeah. Um, so anyways, there's, it's just literally a few miles. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're in this, we're in this, in this house, right? This fucking mansion, right? And, uh, this earthquake happens and oh, shit. yeah, or my I mean, earthquakes happen all the time in California. So it's not like crazy, but like it happens. Okay. And, uh, but my wife had just moved there. And <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this shit, it was still dark out. Okay. Like we're talking like five, six in the morning, like some shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And it does this earthquake and I'm already at the house and it earthquakes and wakes her up and mm-hmm. our cats are, f- we have two cats and they're, freaking the fuck out like freaking <laughs> yeah out. and i'm talking like running into walls and like mirrors and shit like just being weird as fuck oh, like damn super random and then like some shit they've never done and haven't done since and she just like wakes up and calls me and she's like what the fuck is happening <laughs> oh, no oh no oh man she had no idea why she was awake and like yeah like, yeah it was just an earthquake no big deal she's like what the fuck what the <laughs> fuck is this like, freaking out six o'clock in the morning <laughs> i can imagine man <laughs> i was tripping i was like i was like sitting there like you know doing my fucking bullshit at the house like mm-hmm. preparing for the morning and <laughs> it was just like <laughs> not a big deal to me used to it yeah we did we, i mean by the time i was out there like at that point i had multiple you know like little whatever shakes and shit. yeah and it's weird it's a i know they don't happen here so you might not have ever experienced it but it's like it's no. kind of weird yeah it's like well, the it's... whole ground sh- like everything shakes and shit for like but like it's not like in a like a like a oh like you know it's more of like a oh like oh okay like some shit like kind of shifted, you know, kind of feel disoriented a little bit, a little bit like not nothing yeah. crazy, but like mm-hmm. it's just weird. But it, that particular thing, <laughs> I, I might have laughed at her. Honestly, I might I yeah. felt bad. I feel bad now thinking about it. But like I might have laughed. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I uh yeah, I laughed at my fiance once because she's from she's from Jersey and had never experienced a tornado until she came Mm. down here and down here. Like, yeah, you're, you're cognizant of the, the dangers of the tornado, but you kind of know, you kind of develop a sense living in Tennessee for so long, like how to, how to, um, 
how to handle it and knowing when to take it seriously, when to take shelter, yeah. those sorts of things. And there was a tornado that had touched down like 30 miles away from where we were. And she was like freaking out like black sky. She's like, we need to get the mattress and we need to get in the bathtub now. I'm like, oh shit, we're good. <laughs> we're good. This is 30 miles away. We'll be fine. But yeah. um, I got a kick out of that. Similar yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, you know, uh, just touching on it a little bit, but like we both we live kind of close together, actually. Um, you didn't know this, I don't, I don't think, but we live pretty close. Really? Um, yeah, I'm in Old Hick and Old Hickory. Okay, so, yeah. So I'm yeah, out. Like I'm out in right Mount down Julie, the street. So we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like that, uh, that tornado that ripped through here like a year or two ago, dude. That shit was nuts, bro. <laughs> We were living in Hermitage at the time and yeah. um, we were on the third floor of an apartment complex with like nowhere to go. And it ripped like right through, not even maybe a mile closer to half a yeah. mile down from us, just leveled the neighborhood. And uh, we were, man, that was, that was a scary night too. being, yeah, you just yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and the whole building shaking and then you realize, oh, fuck, this tornado, <laughs> this is like right down the road. Yeah. So we took we took cover in our pantry and um, we lived in a, an apartment complex with like the big glass sliding doors. So in the middle of this thing, I just kind of peek out of the pantry to see like, man, do we need to be worried? And you can't even see outside. It's just no. it's just a big gray cloud going mm-hmm. by. And you can vaguely make out like the orange from the street light. And it's just, I'll never forget seeing it. And then when everything started to clear up, just seeing debris and tree limbs and everything flying by mm-hmm. our, uh, our back door. And it was another one of those situations where that, that fight or flight kind of kicks in <laughs> and I'm just standing, <laughs> bracing the door frame of the pantry yeah. and I'm hearing the wood creak and twist above us. And I'm just like hoping that this thing doesn't give way because if it does the roof blows off this place you we're fucked. both honors yeah 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 it's a crazy nah. experience and there are a lot of people a lot of people out there that had it a lot worse than we did and sure. uh, i'm i'm grateful that we made it out okay but that was still a pretty harrowing experience mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um yeah it was i mean that shit was nuts bro like yeah it, I, I mean you probably live near us then like it is it was only you know exit like 21 or whatever towards hermitage like yeah. that's the exit we get off to go to yeah. home you know we lived um at the time we were living just right down the road from the hospital oh shit the, we get off the same exit then like yeah. at the time yeah yeah that's shit that's that's fucking nuts um yeah. And then we moved into a neighborhood that was hit by it too. And I can stare out my office window and see the path that the tornado went through, through the neighborhood. So crazy. It's wild. Um, You know, people that actually, we mentioned them earlier, but um, my boy Orlin got a, uh, he owned the soda parlor in the East, East national. Okay. Yeah. And that shit got leveled. That's just not coming back. So sad. Yeah. So yeah, my boy did final space and went to school with him. Bullshit. Whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that dude. So um, it's crazy, dude. Like shit, like that happens that you would never expect. And the, you know what I'm saying 
the strangest thing about the the tornado is that it's just over and done with in a matter of seconds Boom. and it can go through a neighborhood and one house will be completely leveled. And the one right next to it is standing perfectly fine. It's just the most bizarre, surreal experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, especially Mount Julia, the, the shit, that school that's like blown apart out there. Yeah. Crazy. It's still parts of it in rubble that they just haven't been able to, <laughs> to get to it. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, is there anything you want to say about Sobros Network before we sign off? Yeah, I mean, if anybody is interested, sobrosnetwork.com, um, at Sobros Network on all major social media platforms, pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean you guys cover basically. Any, if you were in Nashville, go and check it out. Like if you visit in Nashville, go and check it out. You know what I'm saying it's a little like, bit of everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah, for sure. Especially with you know you got you guys got heavy on the sports shit, mm-hmm. uh, which is dope. Do you guys follow any of the concert shit that's happening or no? We've got um, one of our guys, Stephen McCash, that covers live music in Nashville on a monthly basis. So like at the beginning of every month, he'll put out a piece that's kind of highlighting, hey, here's who's coming to town this month. Here's where they'll be and what time, that sort of thing. For sure. sure. Yeah. And I think he does a pretty close to weekly column on new music releases, but um, that's about it, man. I never, um, I never ventured into the the music writing myself. What's up? That's what's up. Well, anyways, um, I really appreciate you coming on here. This is anytime. This has been fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. We've been going too. We just looked at the clock and was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> That's what. Yeah. <laughs> just got a text like, "Yo, you dumb, bro." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had dinner yet. I'm like, I know, Damn. right? We gotta go eat. You know, the, you know, we, you know, we, we, we grew up in the south. We gotta eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, d- I didn't get. I didn't get thick by skipping meals. <laughs> Hell no. What do hey yo uh this is a side question, but like um do you know about barbecue competitions? I know that they exist. Uh, cool. <laughs> That's about it. I didn't know they existed until my family was like involved in that world. Oh, okay. Until yeah. when we moved to Memphis when I was a kid, and I was they got involved in that shit. And I was like, it's crazy. Yeah. It bro, it's competitive. It's, it's intense. You know, this is kind of crazy. People might not know this, but like, um, obviously people probably like thought about there's, you know, barbecue competitions, there's food competitions Mm -hmm. all over the world. Yeah. Like Memphis and may is, is the barbecue competition for Mm -hmm. the, for the world. Right. Yeah. And, on Friday nights, the main competition for that festival is a party competition. Oh is, shit! You, did you know about this? No. Uh, okay, so it's it's legit. Like, who is like the crunkest fucking boogie? man? Man, it's dude. It's fucking nuts. Like, I can't bef- I can't cook my barbecue, but I feel like I could hold my own in that kind of competition, dude. Before social media. This shit yeah. would have got canceled hardcore. Like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, no shit. Like I saw some shit as a kid that I should not have ever seen. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like you, you walk up on a booth and I mean, this is, this is kind of fucked, but like you should, you see some, some body parts as a child. You probably should not have seen, you know what I'm saying? Damn. You're Damn. like, Oh, you're like, Oh fuck. Like we're, okay. we're there. We're, yeah. we're on that level. We're on that level. And like, I've seen some shit that I'll never speak about because like, you know what? Props to you for doing that. You know, you know, yeah. you're showing out for your team. You know, mm-hmm. you putting points on the board. You know what I'm saying? Like you trying to Man. get that trophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going know, for it. Going getting for that it. Trophy, you know. Go ahead and get that trophy. You know, guy, <laughs> girl, whatever. Get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. party. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, anyways, Tony, I appreciate it. it, it you know, it's kind of wild, you know. Your fucking real name is Stony. That's that's the dopest shit I ever heard. It is, so, yeah. It's, it's on my, the on my ID. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, you know, shout out to that that Anheuser Busch, that Budweiser family. Yeah, I, I can't believe I finished this whole can. We're good, nah, bro, good to I've go. Been, yeah. been finishing. I was like, oh, actually, oh, I tried to take it slow. Then I was just like, uh, it's it's just calling to me. So there's no point. You can't let this shit go slow. You know, no. If it gets warm, it's not good. It's game over. Yeah, I don't know if you fuck with Mount Julia Beer Company, but you need to go. I there. do. I do. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorite beer shops. That's the homies right there. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I'll hit you up with a list of shit I get next time I go. But um, hell yeah, they uh, they definitely they might have this. I don't know, but like. Uh, they got some shit I've learned throughout this whole experience of quick sixer that like some beers were actually designed to get warm. Really? Is, yeah. It's really weird. But, I never like, knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Some beers are, well, I mean, most beers from the jump were like designed to drink at room temp, but huh. okay. But, I mean, cause they didn't have fucking coolers, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's Yeah. Damn, I never put two and two together. It's weird. Like I didn't really until we were like getting deep into mm-hmm. getting random shit. But like, um, it's weird. It's like um, sometimes I'll let like, you know, sometimes you sip on some heavy shit, you know. Yeah. And you're like, oh fuck! Like, I wonder. Like sometimes I'll get some beers from some people, and then like, all right, like let this shit, like cool this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like when you pour it, kind of just like take your time with it. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I'm like, all right, cool. But there's some weird. I'll I'll hit you. I'll hit you up and let you know. What's up? Yeah, let me know. Give me give me that <laughs> list. Give me that list. <laughs> I'll send you one that uh the the beer company had recently, and I was like, this might be the best stout I've ever had in my life. And I love a good stout. Dude, it's crazy. It's a ten percent, but it's fucked. It's fucked. But man, anyway. you know what? Mount Juliet Beer Store comes in clutch with the um, the pipe tobacco. That's my my spot for pipe Ooh. tobacco. You you fuck with the with the with a humidor over there, huh? Yeah, I do. That's what's that's up. a good spot. Good spot. Yeah, yeah. No, shout out to them. Uh, I always tag them in our shit, but like they they really do got the good selection. Yeah, and uh. Anyways, uh, go ahead and shout out your shit before we uh, we sign out of this thing. Yeah, sobrosnetwork.com, at Sobros Network on all major social media platforms. 
we're not too hard to find on these uh, internet streets out here. <laughs> He's in <laughs> love that. You know, and if you got anybody you want to see on the Quick Sixer podcast or any of the other shit we do, go ahead and quicksixerpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. Go and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, you know, subscribe, whatever, whatever you want to do. I don't give a fuck. But, you know, <laughs> it's your boy, Pat Aris. This is Tony Keeley. This is Sober's Network. This is Quick Sixer podcast combined. It's your boys. We out.